0: I think about our work, I think about my work as helping to co create, to nurture a state experience of being together. Mm. And I believe that as we become familiar with what it feels like to be together, then we can become more masterful, we can gain more ease, right? in entering those states of being together. Mm. And as we intentionally practice what it means to be together, then we increase the possibility of what I might then call a stage shift, a place in which we can level up. We level up in terms of our awareness and our mastery, our facility with being together.
1: This is the Find the Outside podcast. I'm Tim Merry.
2: And I'm Tuesday Ryan Hart. This week on the podcast, we get to talk to one of my favorite people in the world, Gibran Rivera. Now, Gibran is also a facilitator working in systems change from his website. And I'm just going to do this one sentence, Gibran, and then I'm going to talk about you a little bit. But Gibran is an internationally renowned master facilitator who has devoted his life to the development of leaders and organizational transformation. That, I think, is true. But what is also true is he is one of my favorite people to work with, he is one of the most skilled facilitators I've ever worked with, and he always challenges my thinking. And so I was hoping he could join us today to tell us a little bit about his work, a little bit about his life, and we could kind of compare notes. In some ways, this is a little bit of a inside baseball. When do we get to talk to other people who are doing some of the same work we're doing, Tim? So that's why I invited him on
1: baseball. I'm not quite sure what inside baseball is. It's like a cultural reference. I don't get, but like, I think I get the basic intention and I'm down for it.
2: So inside baseball means it might be a little bit facilitatory, right? I think other folks will like it, right? But even if you're not a facilitator, I mean, we might use, we have to watch our jargon is what I'm saying, right? We might talk about, this is
0: awesome. This is a great way to start
2: (laughs) around jargon,
0: not around facilitation. But well, you're still going, you're still doing your intro.
2: I'm still doing my intro. <laughs> Sorry about you, that. Just give me a minute here. <laughs> no, all I was going to say is we might, like, we have to just watch that, right? We don't use words like container and holding the whole and, you know, some of that other jargony stuff that we could get into. Have I already cut off all that you're about to say, Gibran? That's cool. That's all right. So... uh Creative constraints,
0: creative constraints.
2: Exactly. We do better with those, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought we could start, if it feels okay to the both of you, with letting Duron tell us a little bit about his work. And specifically, Duron, when I say that, um, you are really intentional in using uh, evolutionary leadership as kind of one of the ways you describe your work or what you're working in. And I would love to hear you talk a little bit more about that.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And one of the reasons why I jumped in too early as I, as I want to do was because I've noticed that there's a, a, that a more developed discourse on facilitation right. I am mm. facilitating things and more participants are saying when I facilitate or as uh-huh. a facilitator. Now mm. this might not be people that like the three of us, do facilitation for a living all the time, but they're doing facilitation and they're thinking about facilitation. Mm. And I, I, the uptake is huge. And that's why I, when you named that, I was like, yes, let's be careful with the inside baseball, but let's also enter the conversation. Like more people actually want to be in it. You know, more people are curious Mm. about what it means to, for lack of a better word. And I'm not saying this to get you annoyed, hold space
1: what does it mean to yeah. hold space yeah <laughs> sorry i'm just like Jim, loving it yeah. hold space man take that um, so uh so I, I i really i really agree with you actually and, and i feel like it's as simple as people are like how on earth do i hold a decent meeting right? Like the level of complexity and conflict that I'm just dealing in the day-to-day of doing my job these days, the level of confusion that is involved in organizing within my community, the level of uh, conflicting perspectives that exist within my faith community or my church, like everybody's in, is in this conversation, not just of content now. It's not just a question of like, what are the important issues? There's a really fundamental Mm -hmm. question about how can we approach them? How can we work across the increasing divides that seem to exist between us to tackle what seem like insurmountable problems daily, you know, whether that whether that's how I raise my daughter or right? how I transform this 18,000 person organization or how we deal with climate change or Brexit or I mean, just like you name it. Um, so I, I really like what you're saying. I think it is a conversation that, that everybody is in right now. It's as much to do with the how as the what.
0: Yes, 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 and that and that, bringing me to the question that Tuesday asked around like what is, what is this idea of evolutionary leadership or what is this thing that inspires the work and, and it is precisely here's the, here's the thing, a great friend of mine, rest in peace, uh, Jake Brewer, said this to me and I never forget, that our only known response, to increasing. Uh, complexity is acceleration. Mm. Things are getting more complex and all we know how to do is go faster, right? And as we go faster, we do less of what matters, right? Like we stay more, or like the things that you can't check off. Uh, and what I'm interested in is a different response because complexity will keep increasing regardless. That is the momentum of complexity. But we have reached the upper threshold of acceleration Mm. what i'm interested in is what is an evolutionary response to this moment how how do we learn to be in this together Mm. better
2: and would you mind talking about this leap i've heard you bring this to groups and i feel how it lights people up this leap that you can see us making um
0: yes so it it has to do with a kind of like a dramatic interpretation of what's going on and you could say that could be because i'm puerto rican and things are more (laughs) dramatic when you're puerto rican or or you could say you're actually looking at what's going on right and and (laughs) the the planet is burning (laughs) like shit is crazy right now right and so I am I am moved by this question that I was first asked by to me by a guy called Dwayne Elgin. Oh, yeah. He said, oh, "Is this going to be our evolutionary crash or our evolutionary leap? Mm-hmm. Like the only way, the only way to meet this moment, is a leap. Like linear action is doom. Mm. That's you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. but, so we need to literally leap and 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 so." I want to orient my work and my life and my spirit around that possibility. Mm. That's that's what Love I'm
2: talking it. about. Uh, we're going to go back to being Puerto Rican because I'm not sure I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in every other sentence he says. Um, but it's also, <laughs> I was thinking about um, this idea, and Tim, so how I, I wanted to, like, because I work with both of you, right, in different contexts, and this is something that I see you both doing that I think is so interesting. And Gibran, I, I see it when you talk about this leap, right? I see people rise to that idea of we can make a leap, right? That that even bringing that concept in somehow calls people up to different behavior. Mm-hmm. And Tim, it feels like what I see you do that in rooms is when you call people into their leadership, like this is we have a choice here. And we can either, you know, kind of bellyache or be sad about it or complain about it, or we can actually move into our leadership here. And so I hear you all doing the same thing in rooms with very different language, right? But both of it is the action is to call people up to their best selves, to the selves that they want to be in the work ahead of them. And so that for me is like a really key place. I see the both of you working, but use quite different language, but I see the same impact in rooms.
1: Yeah, there's... And yeah, how that there's I think it was Irvin Laszlo who I first heard talking about breakdown or breakthrough, right? Breakdown or breakthrough. That's the moment we're in, you know? And, um, and I, and so I agree with you choose and I see you doing that consistently as well. And, and so I just wonder if there Mm -hmm. isn't, there isn't something underneath all of this, which is like, um, Mm -hmm. and I just sense it in you, Jiran, even though we've met so quickly Is this like there's some like undefinable confidence in the face of what looks like catastrophe? (laughs) Mm. You know, some like, and we've really defined this as like right, right at the heart of the outside. Right at the heart of the outside Mm -hmm. is this believing that there's always a way. There's always a way. We can do this. Like right at the heart of our work is this sense of like you know no matter the level of complexity or the level of breakdown or the level of confusion or the disproportionate distribution of power or like we can figure this out like we can do this this is not something that that we need to duck for cover from right these times Mm. or this circumstance in my community or this situation in my team or my organization or my sector or my industry and so i think that there's there's some kind of i think the underlying nature of that is that there's, you know, I think people often find our confidence surprising, especially when the next sentence is, and we don't know what we're doing, you know? And so (laughs) we're super confident, but we have no idea what we're doing. Let's go, you know? And like, yeah. And it has that kind of, yeah, (laughs) this kind of that paradox to it, this confidence to not know what we're doing, you know, that I think is, I think it's at the center of so much of our work.
2: I feel a little bit like to say we don't know what to do or we have no idea. It feels slightly untrue. Like I, I think, you know, part of our job is to help people move through change. And yeah. like we have a process. We don't know exactly where it's going to end, but I just, I, there's something about discounting the yeah, process expertise right. there yeah. that just kind of I feel like, should we have clients listening? For example, we know exactly what we're saying. <laughs> we just know a little bit what to do. It just, it just feels a little bit. Not exactly. I'm so, okay, Gibran. What, what do you got?
0: We know that this time is best understood as through the acronym VUCA, right? Volatility, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity. Now, if we told people that we can make order out of VUCA, right? That we can make things more. Like they fantasize they would be more "quote unquote" normal or stable, then we will be projecting a confidence that is not based on truth, right? Uh, so, so that's different from saying actually, I have uh, there. I, I what I do hold, and I don't hold it alone. It's not something you hold alone, but what I do hold is a, a, an absolute conviction, right? A belief. That we can navigate, that we can serve yes. yes. the yes. waves of VUCA. yes. And, and, and the and the reason when and when you say that, you're not just making a statement of faith or a statement of belief. You you've gotten up on that board enough times, right? Fallen off enough times, gotten up on it enough times, swam back out enough times, to then have the confidence to invite others along with you on that kind of ride. That's a different mm-hmm. kind of confidence. Mm-hmm.
2: Love it. That's. Ex- I feel like that's a great description. That's a great description. We don't exactly know what the wave's going to be, right? But we have enough experience surfing. We feel some uh, mastery of that, right? That we can bring other people along with us. That's beautiful. I love it.
1: Yeah. So there's something about like, yes. So I think there's some confidence that arises from experience, you know, and like you know, choose. We're definitely experiencing that with the launch of the outside. Like it's been this kind of explosion of like, of 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 uh, of people requesting us to be engaged with them at large scale work, right? And so there's some there's something that we're emitting that that is a product of our experience, you know, that then enables me to surf the surfboard, you know. But like, and I'm just interested if this is true for the two of you. I've always had some kind of basic belief that it could be done. Do you know what I mean? Like my son, Ollie, mm. and I, this, you know, my mm. son, Ollie, he went to his first, he obviously watched a lot of Ninja go and he went to his first, uh, uh Aikido <laughs> class to meet the Aikido teacher. And he walked in and he said, I know Aikido. And the, uh, <laughs> and the Aikido master was like, Oh good. Show me some, you know? And so Oliver jumped around, like anybody who's been watching Lego Ninja go, uh, doing what he thought were amazing Ninja moves, and the aikido master was like pretty good, pretty good. Do you want to stay and learn more? You know, and um, and so I think there's something. in it. So I'm just wondering if the two of you, like, I, I feel like, I feel like what the um, what the years of experience have given me is like some kind of like further belief in my confidence, or further belief in my faith, or further like it's almost like all those years of experience and ability to stay on the board have actually just like uh, affirmed something that I've always held secretly true to myself. And uh, and uh, mm-hmm. and so there's something about like, what is the, cause I think I, I only, I only, I feel like I'm not sure the experience is the source of the confidence, I guess is what I'm saying. I think there's something else that is the source mm. of the confidence that I think many people who are listening to this podcast would relate to because they're stepping up to lead against incredible odds in uh outrageously confusing rapidly changing information saturated VUCA circumstances and so just I just want to take us into like so what's the source there I feel like the experience reinforces something and what is that for both of you mm. what's been your experience of that, and is it different to mine as I talk about it you know mm.
0: what a beautiful question what a beautiful beautiful question Tuesday I'm curious to your response
2: ah okay you're so kind um yeah. So I, if we were to use that metaphor, I would say there's something inside of me that made mm. me get on the surfboard in the first place. Right. That didn't just kind of stay paddling in the water. Um, and, um, I think that is true. And in fact, um, I think why I find again, just, just reflecting cause it's the three of us together. Part of what I find, um, that attracts me to work with both of you is there is that willingness to get on the surfboard in the first place with a deep understanding that the water is turbulent, right? It's not like we're just going to get on the surfboard because, oh, surfing's fun, right? There's something about the real the realism of the world that you both carry. Like, neither one of you kind of shy back from reality. Like, things are hard and they're tough. And there's this, I want to say, just a spirit and I don't any, know any other way to say it. Just a spirit of like, yeah, we're going to go for it, right? We're Like we're not going to just like hang out in the water because it's, you know what I mean? Like there, there's nothing like we have to go for it. So I think I've had, I feel like that's almost innate in me. And I can tell you like experiences that have reinforced that. I can tell, I mean, I think mm. athletics was a huge reinforcer of that for me personally. Um, but I do think like, I think I came out of my mom, like let's do some shit here,
0: right? And I'm not I'm,
2: I'm not going to be passive. Yeah. That's beautiful. How about you, Jibran.
0: <clears throat> I'm curious. I mean, it, it, maybe this is for a different conversation, but this idea of, of kind of being born a certain way, being like, like you're so new that you're here to do something, it, it's one mm-hmm. that's interesting and worth exploring. Um, but... So, I, I'm, the, the answer I can give you, the, the first answer that came to me, with feels a bit esoteric, but but it's, it's, it's the most honest answer. I feel like I have seen the face of God a thousand times. And there's never been less awe in that. You know what I mean? There's always been more awe. And that dance it's kind of like an inspiration right Mm. to to keep looking at it and pointing towards it um so yeah i i it's it's the best answer i can give it's the most honest one yeah
2: and did you and 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 did you have that from young is that something you came to is it something you cultivate like what like where I have seen the face of God a thousand times is is a, a pretty big statement, my friend. Say more. Say more about that. Well, you
0: know what I, what I loved very especially when you were when you brought in athletics, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like because I had because the moment Tim asked the question, that was the kind of the answer that that popped up in my in my in my mind and my heart, the one I about seeing the face of God. And I was so appreciative that your example was so embodied, right? Like mm. like you you are meeting that this thing that is happening, this uh, with your body, which I think is, is such a powerful entry point. Um for me it, it has been that kind of like a, like a, it has been with me since young and it has had that spiritual quality that comes with a type of a, a shimmering light um, that s- it seems like you can see it outside, but it's actually from inside.
1: Right. I love it. Mm. Do you both find it something you can recognize in other people? I mean, just to take this to the realm of the work, right? For me, like it's that, like what we're talking about, this kind of thing, it's incredibly hard to articulate that each of us is articulating in our own unique way. Right. And from our own unique experience, but also recognizing as the same thing, ultimately. Right. Which is really just like fascinating that the stretch Mm -hmm. of that, the beauty of the stretch Mm -hmm. of that. Right. I also feel like this is something I look for in people that I'm working with, you know. And again, it's like it's one of those like unanswerable pieces of intuition. Do do you know what I mean? Like like when choose when we're choosing Mm -hmm. to work with a client. You know, there's a piece of me that's looking for what you're describing, Gibran, in them. You know, there's a piece of me that's the piece Mm -hmm. of me that is what you're describing is like seeking to recognize that in somebody else, you know, before I can, before, before, you know, Mm. it's almost like, sure, I can run the analysis on whether the conditions are in place. Do they have the right human resources? Is there financial capacity to make it happen? Do you know what I mean? Like, what is the mandate in place? But there's actually like an intuitive piece of me of like, of like, you know, is, is there consciousness? right is there consciousness accompanied by courage mm. or something what i don't even know what it is but there's like an intuitive piece in me that's that's seeking recognition of what you're describing in the people who i end up calling my clients you know and and so i just think there's something i just also so wonder about the two of you whether you have that whether you're seeking out that process of not only you know, I I think you're both describing something, you're building a self-knowledge, you're building a relationship to inside yourself. But my experience is the more I build relationship to that inside myself, the more I actually become aware of seeking it out in others before I commit into tackling work in a VUCA kind of world, right? Because that's what it takes, right?
0: I I really, really like your question. Um, And I have... Two answers, one answer, but that makes a distinction. So, I feel like there is um, a wakefulness, a a part of us that that knows what is true in each of us, right? And so, I think looking at someone like that's true, like mm. interacting with them, like. Mm-hmm. They know what they know, right? That they're capable of what they're capable of. It's integral. And and having the full belief in that is, I think, what makes us helpful right. at all. That we can right. that we can see people's greatness and, and organizational we can see that. And so by seeing it, we can kind of bring light to it, right? With with our attention and, and our care. Now I'm also, so I'm, 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 I'm making great effort to look at things that way, right, and, and people and situations, while also being clear that I'm as making an assessment regarding willingness, right? So it's not even about readiness, right, mm. but willingness. Right? I can, I'm going to see the capacity. I'm going to believe in it, right? But I need to probe. I need to feel whether you're willing. In fact, um, I'm excited. Actually, I'm 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 proud of this client that I'm taking on, and the client wanted me to do a, a full staff retreat, and they needed some organizational healing and organizational health, and and they were they wanted me to do it, but I could feel like they wanted me to kind of wake wave a magic wand, that, and I knew that I could actually hold an experience that would matter, Mm. that would feel good and matter and and have an impact. But it wasn't going Mm. to be the cultural change that they were looking for. So I didn't want to do it, even though it would have been a bigger contract. So I said, um, what I'm willing to do is spend a day with your leadership team. See if cohesion is possible, if it's something that you want, and see if you're ready to lead. Mm. Right? and willing to lead. And if, and if, if that works out for both of us, if you like me and I like, and and I think you, if you like what I'm bringing, right. And, and my assessment is that we can do this, then we'll do this, but we're not going to just say, we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to see how willing the team is to do it.
2: That's great. It brings up two things for me that I want to ask you both about is that the charismatic facilitator and how, We're often the maker of miracles, right? And uh, because of what we created is an experience. And I just have a question about that for both of you. Um, And Tim, to get back to, I think what you said, do I see, so it's so, it's so interesting to do this with the both of you because I work with you both and, um, and I feel like, oh yeah, I can completely see how you all do that with people, how you see it in folks and like call it forth. And so I'm assuming that I do that as well, just in a different way than you all do. Um, So I think that what I'm looking for, how I would describe what I'm looking for with clients, and what I immediately hook into and like say, like, yes, we can do this, um, Mm. is a quality of courage. Um, I think that I have always been greatly attracted to um, folks who are willing to give it a go. Right. And just kind of in the face that you know, that's I worked in the violence against women movement, right? Like so, like I mean, we could say, you know, one out of four women, three women killed every hour in this country. Like, these are insurmountable things. Um, and where I found um my initial, like that's where I found like the people I wanted to work with people who are taking on these really hard things. So I, I think for me, it's a quality of courage. I think, you know, Jibrani described it as a spark. And Tim, I think you've described it in different ways. But for me, like what locks me in to working with someone is if they're willing to go for it, right? And I don't mean, and I think in some ways that um, is what got me into activism. So many people willing to go for it, right? And of course, there's a real shadow side to that, right? Because sometimes willing to go for it, <laughs> Um can be willing to go for it at the expense of myself or willing to go for it at the expense of relationship or willing to go for it at the uh, altar of idealism, right? That doesn't actually, I don't know that at this point in my life, believe makes real change, but it's this quality of people who are like saying, yep, yep, I'll step up. Yep, I'll step in. Um, And that's what attracts me. That's the first thing I think. And I mean I can see it across the board. I can see it with my clients, I can see it with my friends. I can, you know like th- those are the people I want to hang out with. I think now in my life, you know in my mid-40s, those folks look a little bit different. They're not so certain about what they're doing. They're not so um, dogmatic in the way they look at the world. They're not, they're not so clear on how it should be done. They're still really clear on something has to happen or even what should be done, but not the how.
0: I, um, I was, as you were speaking, I was having ideas, but I was also um, appreciating what you bring to a room and, and how you hold space and the, the kind of grounding energy that you bring. And it, it, it has um uh, a clarity to it. And, and that's such a, it's such a gift. It's such a gift. And it's important, I think, for all of us, not just for facilitators, to, to become aware of how much we can bring that to the spaces that we're in, mm. right? Simply by cultivating that in ourselves, right? By cultivating mm. that kind of, uh, I want to say, wellness or steadiness Mm. It, it impacts right it impacts our, it impacts our space um So I was appreciating that Thank
1: so I'll just you. I'm just gonna like harvest a little bit and then we can see where we're at and where we might want to go. So've we've, so we've talked about uh, this uh, kind of getting onto the surfboard some of the some of the you know the experience that that builds but there's this confidence underneath mm-hmm. it you know that somehow is innate you know is innate uh and accessible Mm. if we pay attention to it and actually by paying attention to it in ourselves it begins to invite it out in others right that that is what we're talking about here and i think i think what we're also saying is not just in others but in groups yeah and and then tuesday you kind Mm. of raised this question in the midst of that which is all right. So what happens when you're not there anymore? You know, so you do this lovely charismatic thing and you turn up and like, you know, you make this intervention and you know, Mm -hmm. you, you find beautiful language. You bring incredible groundedness, you know, you invoke incredible spirit in the work, you know, and, um, and people have like incredible epiphanies, you know, they, you know, they, they, they reach great States and then, uh, and then, and then from there, you know, right States. And, and so then from there, they, uh, it's kind of like back to work, you know, and choose we've touched on this before, you know, this, this kind of, um, attachment that facilitators and consultants have to epiphany, but how that Mm. doesn't actually lead to significant change. All it leads Mm -hmm. is to people having like a moment of clarity, right. That can actually make the return to reality even harder. It doesn't, you know? And so, and so I just, I'm, I'm interested in that where you were at this kind of like, char- you were driving at a question there, choose around the charismatic, uh, facilitator, which I think all of us have in very different ways, I would suggest, you know? Um, but, uh, but there's a real shadow side to that. There can be a real shadow side to that too, that I'm just pointing at.
2: Yeah. So I think I was going to ask like, how, are you, how you all work with that in a couple of ways. One is because I think sometimes like And Jaron, you, you've already started to answer the question is we're asked in as charismatic facilitators. And then, and then like, how do you respond to that? Right. Like, how do you respond to being expected to being the magic maker? And then I, I think the other thing is how do you equip people Ah. who don't have the same magic may have their own magic. Yes. Right. Like I'm not saying, you know, but how do you equip people who don't have the same kind of magic that might've helped them get to a certain place kind of continue on their road. Um, And I'd just be interested to hear you both speak to that. At all because I know you've both been asked in because of these large charismatic personalities.
0: So integration is everything. I am familiar with a discourse that warns against charisma because we know we know that it can lead people astray. What I mean is let's let's just talk about states for a second, right? Like what's a state? A state is impermanent. A state is impermanent. A state is available to all stages. So so people can have the same feeling regardless of where they are, whether they're a baby or an adolescent or an adult. They can still can have the the, the state experiences of awe or or depression, whatever it might be, uh, that are these impermanent states. I think about our work. I think about my work as helping to co-create, to nurture a a state experience of being together. Mm. And I believe that as we become familiar with what it feels like to be together, then we can become more masterful. We can gain more ease, right? In entering those states of being together. Mm. And as we intentionally practice, right, what it means to be together, then we we increase the possibility of what I might then call a stage shift, right? Mm. A place in which we can level up. We level up in terms of our awareness and our mastery, our facility with. Being together. So that work benefits from holding. <laughs> it benefits from people who devote their life, their energy, their attention, their care to making that possible, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I think of the work as moving that project forward. Mm.
1: Love it. We'll often talk about, like, um, it's not quite as beautiful, evocative language as you're using, and uh, but like we'll often talk about, like, re- referential experiences, right? So experiences that people can reference and say, look, we know we can do it
0: because
1: mm-hmm. we did it. We did this. We know it's possible. We don't right. have to continue yeah. meeting this way. Yeah. We don't have to continue problem solving this way. Yeah. This doesn't have to be purely adversarial or this could remain adversarial, but also be fun, even though it's adversarial. Right. And 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 so I think I think there is something really powerful in having these referential experiences that people can point to and say, look, it could be different. They illuminate. It's almost like they 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 illuminate Mm. what the possible futures might be. You know, they give us an option of not staying in the status quo. Right. I think is a, a, a. An essential piece of any of this kind of change work, you know. Right. Um, and then the next piece is like building the structure. So like to create these referential experiences and then start saying, what's the infrastructure we can put in place so we can incrementally move towards that kind of, uh, what did you call it? Stage, uh, uh up, up, you didn't say upgrade, level up, level up that stage level up that can happen, you know? And so, um, and so I, I like, I, I'm, I'm digging it. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So inspiring.
2: Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. I feel like I'm, do you all feel, I can feel like myself sinking down a little bit, like, oh, right. And like, how, what does this have to do? Like, because there there are states you can get in that you actually, you can come out of them, but you can remember that. this reminds me of the thousand faces of God, Gibran. Like you never quite forget, you know, it's possible, right? What it makes possible. So I feel like we've kind of done a little bit of a spiral back in. I know we have to go soon, but I do want to ask you very specifically, Gibran, one of the um, conversations we've mm. been in recently on the podcast is around ancestors. And I know you have some real thinking about this. And I know I teased you earlier about being Puerto Rican, but I want you like full on, of course, Of well, look, I can't stop you from being full on who you are, but I would love you to talk about um, um, your thinking um, and how, yeah, how your perspective on ancestors and becoming an ancestor and how that impacts your work. It feels important and and i keep reference and i've actually referenced your name twice on the podcast about it so i'd love you to talk great
0: thank you for bringing that in thank you so much thank you thank you thank you i want to answer and and i want to do something that might not work but i just want to try this okay in in this work that i'm that i'm doing with with a, a group of facilitators facilitators and medicine people around collective consciousness right and exploring the deeper levels of the we. we, we'll do this thing on Zoom like like we are right now. We'll look at each other and then we're going to bring our attention to the space between us. Mm. So I just want to invite us to kind of bring our gaze there for a second. Mm. And then under different circumstances when we're not on a podcast, we would, we would then begin to speak from that place, right? And, mm. and see what what emerges from there, uh, from kind of a shared sense of self. Uh, mm. And I think when we talk about the evolutionary leap, that's kind of central to how I imagine it. Uh, mm-hmm. Imagine two things as being integral to it. Um, and they're related. One is... Kind of the pattern of a web or a network, right? Like where the link between the nodes, the connection between us, is is as as alive as any of us are, right? Mm. And and the sense of self is kind of decentralized a bit, right? It's not kind of so so dominant in on the I front. It's like we actually feel ourselves as a we. Um, mm. That's the, that's the kind of direction that I think of when I think about when I think about an evolutionary leap and an evolutionary process. To to have that, I have found it helpful to think about our ancestors. And something that I'm noticing is that I'm not alone. In more and more spaces that I facilitate, more and more people speak or acknowledge or honor ancestors. And I feel like we are quite unique as a culture in that we're the first people among the first people on the planet to steal from the future, right? Like, we literally are taken from the future, which is counter-evolutionary. It doesn't make sense to rob Mm. our descendants, to rob our children, right? Mm. To, like, leave things worse for them. It's weird. It's weird. And I think part of it has to do with this practice that we've forgotten. And I think we've forgotten it because of modernity, right? Because modernity doesn't make room... For that which is not material or perceptible, but every original culture, all original cultures all over the world, their main spiritual practice was to remember their ancestors and to honor nature, to see deities Mm. in nature and to Mm. honor their ancestors, right? And I feel like Mm. when we remember, right, that we are only here because of their prayers. That we're only here because of their effort, because of their thirst for life, right? That we are their wildest dream. That this privilege, this everything that we have, this this Zoom thing, this seeing each other on the camera, it's beyond anything. The, the, the biggest high, the best trip that they ever had didn't make room for this, right? So we are their wildest dream. That when we begin to place ourselves there then we can also begin to ask ourselves that what does it mean for me to be an ancestor in training? What is the thing that I'm cultivating? What is the seed that I'm holding? What is the wisdom and the prayer that I have that I'm going to transmit to my descendants, to my next generation, Mm -hmm. not just like that to son, but like human to human in a world that we know. Is coming up against some very serious suffering. Mm. Right? What does it mean? What does it mean to be a human being, to be with others, right? To survive and thrive under a very different different set of circumstances. That that is that is that is my orientation. Mm. That's my orientation.
1: Thank you. Mm.
2: I was thinking, I know you didn't ask us to say, like, to pay attention, center, and not say, but I just had this image as you said that. And then as you were talking, had this kind of really uh, persistent image of like, like, like boil, like, um, simmering mud, right? Like that kind of rich, deep, earthy that you want to spread Mm. all over your body, kind of hot springs mud, right? And like this, um, this like just a few like you know they kind of like they just kind of blurp up and then sometimes there would be more bubbles and sometimes there would be less but I'm just like that rich earthy kind of I feel like there's something simmering here um it feels beautiful
1: one of the things we do on the podcast is uh every every uh everyone we do we uh we name a piece of music that we love and we read a poem that we love and uh and you know hope this isn't like a this isn't like a, a jump at you at the last minute but we'd love for you this this week to like recommend a piece of music and then uh read us a poem or recite us a poem if you have one close to you or close to your heart you can give and so is there a piece of music that you just want to give give to us and give to our listeners that uh they'll hear a snippet of it it will be playing live right now there it is thanks mark what, what would it be el,
0: el, this is called el Farsante, the remix. It's just, it, the, it's not even about the lyrics, it's just that the beat is so hot. I was having dinner with my nephews, and I have a niece that's about to turn thirteen, and you could tell she's a she, she's a she's a Puerto Rican girl because it's the Puerto Rican right Tuesday, and and she's <laughs> and we're having dinner, and you could tell that she wants to get it in, right? Like she wants to jam, but she's also still a little shy because she's young. And I'm like, I'm totally noticing, like she wants we to like it. go, and I'm like, I see you, I see you. <laughs> it was a very beautiful moment. I was like, Come on, let's do this. Um, uh, so that's thank the one. You. Love it. And, <laughs> nice. and then. I'll share a poem that I come back to over Mm -hmm. and over and over again. Um, And it's from Hafiz, who's who's my saint, who's really like Mm -hmm. a saint that watches over me and I have a relationship with. And the poem is called Everywhere. And it goes like this. Running through the streets, screaming, pulling out my hair, Tearing off my clothes, tying everything I own to a stick and setting it on fire, using my own head to ring great bells. What else can Hafiz do tonight to celebrate the madness, the joy of seeing God Mm. everywhere? Thank you.
2: Whoa. Mm, so nice. I am so
0: grateful for what you two to are doing. I really am. Um, I get to see Tuesday a lot and I appreciate you. I just, every, every day more. Tim, great to be in conversation with you. Thank you for what you're doing. I'm listening to the podcast. I'm paying attention. I'm engaged with it. So I appreciate that. And uh, thank you for being in my consciousness and now finally actually talking while looking yeah. at each other.
1: Oh it's just been brilliant to have you on the podcast mate and I, and I hope that this isn't the end of the conversation that the three of us hold but the beginning of it and uh, and let's see how we go and 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 it would be lovely to have you back again in a few few months or a few weeks time to continue the conversation and make a part 2 that would be brilliant. Um t- 100% down for that.
2: All right, let's do it. Let's just say we're going to do it then. Excellent. Thank you so much Jabron so great to have you together. It's so great to have you here. It's so great to have the two of you together. Like my mind, my little mind is so happy. My heart is so happy uh, to have you both here.
1: So thank you. I love a happy Tuesday Ryan Hart (laughs) heart. That's it for this episode of Find the Outside podcast.
2: New episodes of the podcast are available every second Tuesday, so look for that.
1: That's right. You can find links to any of the resources we mentioned during the show in the show notes for this episode over at findtheoutside.com podcast. That includes the incredible poem you just heard from Gibran.
2: We will link it. And you can find the song we played in today's show and every song we played in previous shows on the playlist we've created on Spotify. Just search Find the Outside on Spotify playlist, or you can find the link over at findtheoutside.com forward slash podcast.
1: Go subscribe on Spotify. It's an awesome playlist. The episode was edited and produced by Mark Coffin at Soundgood Studio and the theme music was uh, by Gary Blakemore. Brilliant. Take care, folks.
2: See you next time.